Hello everyone, Zach here from the Carnival of Randomness on behalf of our sponsor, Upsitnik & Associates. In these unprecedented times, we reflect on our future, both in the next few weeks and months, but also the upcoming years and decades, and it's time to prepare for that future. Upsitnik & Associates has been contacted by many healthcare workers, as well as old and new clients, to prepare wills, powers of attorney, and advanced directives, also called a living will. All of you need these documents, so don't say you don't have any assets to speak of, no children or other dependents. Regardless of the circumstances now, you will need a will for today and tomorrow. Al Upsitnik feels so strongly about having wills and other needed documents prepared that Upsitnik and Associates can prepare your will, power of attorney, and living will at no charge, you heard that correct, no charge until the end of 2020. No hidden fees or gimmicks. Al feels so strongly about planning for the future at this time that he is willing to assist you with your future. Trust Opsitnik & Associates, attorneys for 42 years, from the Supreme Court to Alaska and everywhere in between. You can find them online, OpsitniksLaw.com, on Facebook, Opsitnik & Associates, or call them toll-free 1-866-391-3299 to prepare for your future. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, and like we promised last week, Opie and I are going to start discussing the state of beer during quarantine, so Opie's joining us again. Hello, big guy. How are you? Doing well, Z. How are you? Oh, you know, every day's a dream. <clears throat> you know it. You know it. So, the past two weeks we've been talking, you know, shitloads of movies and TV to kill the time, but... And While you're killing thing, time, you got to drink something. Well, right, exactly. you got to drink something. But what the hell? I mean, with the three-month shutdown, obviously the beer industry took a big hit. <coughs> a yeah. big hit. Beer stores as well. Yeah, beer stores as well. Because they, uh, there's one there's one near me that has a massive stock of things. It's, it's a really good beer store, but um, when they were looking at shutdown, it was the end of March all the way through, they knew they weren't going to open back up until mid-June, and that's a lot of dead IPAs. Right. Because you have to think about how long they've had it to that point, and then moving forward. So what they did, um, like every three, three and a half weeks, they did uh, like a fire sale. Every... Uh, and it wasn't uh, – they were doing, like, um, IPAs, um, fruit beers, um, lagers, things like that. Yeah, the stuff that really can't last stuff. as long as, like, stouts and barley wines and that. They pulled it all off the shelves. Um, the walls of this place are lined with all the beers, and you walk around and pick out what you want. So everything that you could buy cheap was on tables up the middle and on the bar. They took all the stools and chairs and shit out. And just stacked it all up. And 12-ounce cans were $1. Anything above 12 ounces, 16 and up, was $1.50. And then you got growler fills for 15 bucks, growler included. Um, they sell their growlers empty for $20 because they have, like, a metal handle and a ceramic flip top. Oh, yeah, so I've seen those. Those are really nice. Bucks. <laughs> so um, I went the first time. There was, like... 100 people lined up to get in this place where they, that wasn't a great idea, you know? And they're letting a handful of people in at a time. I filled 
a, one of those giant reusable Aldi bags and a smaller to-go bag with loose beers and bought a growler and it was like $85. Damn. And I got a, like, I got a fucking, I got six hop slams. Six bucks. So, you know what I mean? Uh, it was, they, they did this four times and every time they would just pull more and more of the shit out to get rid of it because they didn't want to have it sitting on the shelves. Right. And law, even though they're selling it for a dollar, they're, I mean, they're not making any money. They're trying to just stay afloat. Right, they're at trying to get anything at this point because even even selling it at cost, at least you're not losing money. Right. Whereas if it sits for two months and you have to dump it, you know, brewery, the breweries aren't going to take it back. No. Um, yeah, and then uh, they weren't retapping. They had kegs of things that were going to go south, so you could get the keg refills really cheap. And uh, at that point, you weren't allowed to bring your own growler because of cross-contamination. So right. uh, the first two rounds, they had those $20 growlers. And uh, the second two, they had just blank glass ones that, you know, any brewery would have charged you 5 bucks for. Right, yeah. But you still, you were getting the beer. You were getting a $15 fill growler. And some of these beers were like 20 30 bucks to fill. So uh, I felt fortunate for that. But we also did a lot of... Um, Local breweries were doing like, you order it and they'll bring it out to your car. They'll, you know, sell you growlers and cans, whatever they had. So like um, a couple of times we made a, a day of it, just driving around to local breweries in Cleveland and picking up a growler, some cans here and there. See, weirdly, a just, lot a lot of breweries up here actually, and and even distilleries up here, they switched to mm-hmm. making hand sanitizer for a time. They did that too. Um, actually, uh, my buddy Jason runs an auto parts store and they received an order of hand sanitizer. It was made by Sazerac Distilling. Hey, there you go. So uh, at least the brand we know, you know what I mean? Like right, Sazerac yeah. made it. Uh, I have some made by Faber Distilling. I don't know who that is, but, um, there was one, two places in Cleveland did that and they donated everything. Cleveland whiskey donated all theirs to uh, the fire department and uh, EMS. You know what? Good for them. Big ups to Cleveland whiskey. No, it's better than drinking it, I guess, but their whiskey's not good. No, but at the same time, you know what? Their heart's in the right place, and now it actually makes me pull for them to see if they get better. Well, if you're not familiar with Cleveland whiskey, what they do, instead of putting whiskey in a barrel for two years they chop up the barrel and they put it in the whiskey and pressure age it so their claim is they get four months in four months they get uh three years of inside the barrel and it's uh it's not true yeah i mean it makes brown whiskey but it's not well that's the thing it makes (laughs) did we did we try some of their stuff the one time like their christmas whiskey or something the christmas whiskey is the only thing i'll drink um, I'm a fan of Christmas flavored things, Christmas beers and things. So uh, that's the only thing that is any good, and it covers up the fact that uh, it's young whiskey. It's just nothing you can, you know. It doesn't have that in and out. It's not pulling sugars like it should. Right, and for the for people that don't know, um, <clears throat> the 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 mark of what makes a really good whiskey is it has time to sit in that barrel to pull out the natural sugars and the. What, what what the hell's the actual chemical? The vanillin? 
Yeah. That's that's naturally in the wood, which is why a lot of whiskeys have that vanilla aroma and flavor to it because it pulls it from the wood. Obviously, the longer you leave it in, the darker it's going to get, the more flavor it's going to get. You pull it too early, it's going to be harsh as hell. And there's a lot of things like environment that uh, affects how often the liquor, the liquid is pulled in and out of the barrel when it expands and contracts. Right, yeah. Um, and and they're, they're, they're under controlled circumstances, so they just... They chop up some wood. I mean, they char the wood. It's charred wood chips. They're not actually chopping up barrels. They char wood chips, uh, and they they put you know they they do the same thing with the level. Like they there's char levels one to four. Yeah, five four. I think four is the highest. I'm not an expert. I have no idea. I know a little bit, but anyway, they they do do that, and they throw it in this big steel vat, and they put it under pressure, and they just leave it there. It's, they they don't fluctuate the pressure and. Right. You know, it, it just, I don't know. And, and It's hot whiskey. It's, it's hot and it's, uh. Well, and the thing is, while that while that procedure works fairly well, it doesn't work as good as letting it do it naturally. Yeah. Yeah, and it can't be called bourbon. That's why it's Cleveland whiskey, because it hasn't been in a first-use American <laughs> white oak charred barrel for two years. It's been in a stainless steel vat with chopped up burnt wood chips for four months. You know what I mean? Right, and that's, so. and that's another thing that <laughs> the, the non-whiskey people will probably not know. They can only use those barrels once. Yeah. And then they, usually they, uh, I think a lot of Scotch distilleries in Scotland actually buy the old whiskey barrels. I, I read some numbers one time. I can't remember exactly what it is, but the majority do go to Scotland, and some of it they just... Um, they'll like make things out of it. Like if you got a um, Buffalo Trace, you can buy uh, things made out of their barrels, keychains, and little a little arced piece of a stave that you can put your corks in for Blanton's corks. Uh, they do shit like that. They'll cut them up and put them in a bag and use them as uh, quote smoking wood. Yeah, um, for the barbecue. one the one we went to down in the Finger Lakes, they do that. <laughs> they they sell uh, smoker chips. Yeah, yeah. Finger Lakes Distilling. Yeah. And uh, another good one, uh, don't forget a lot of them will sell them or give them to uh, to breweries because they age their beer. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And all that. Even, so, uh, yeah. I think even Tabasco does that as well. They'll take old bourbon barrels. Uh, I think so. But I'm not 100% though. But yeah, they have to use virgin barrels to make bourbon. Yeah. Um, other shit they don't, but if it's bourbon, it has to be in a, a new 100% American oak. Yeah, charred. Right. Charred. Uncharred would make it sherry, and that's gross. <laughs> yeah. I just, well, not really. It's wine, but yeah. <laughs> well, and that, uh, that that trip we took down to the, the bourbon trail in Kentucky was pretty damn good, because we learned a lot. We did. That dude, um, the tour guide we had at Buffalo Trace was probably one of the best tour guides in anything I've ever had. Uh, heard a lot about him. We were hoping to get that guy. And uh, we did. Freddie. Freddie, yeah. If you're ever down there, try and get on Freddie. If he's still around, he was. Uh, he's pretty old. Yeah, he was an older um, gentleman, but, but he might He might be one of those. He does it just because he loves it. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, if you can get on Freddie's tour, that's the way to go. You get a lot more out of it, as I'm told. Yeah, because remember, he was like he took some of the, just the white the what do they call it the white lightning or whatever. He's like, now put white, it in your hand, now smack your hands dog. together and rub it together. It's gonna wake it up, wake the dog up. 
Well, it's 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 you pour it in your hands and then uh, let them like shake it off, let them dry and smell it, and you smell one thing, and then if you clap your hands and then smell it, you smell another thing, then you rub them together real fast, get some friction, a little heat going, and smell them again. You get different grains out of the white dog, uh, so to, to show you the complexity of their of their mix. So uh, yeah, that, I mean that tour was remarkable. Oh uh, of all the breweries we went to, that we—I mean—we learned a lot there. Um, we saw more things on uh, the Woodford tour, but we learned more at the Buffalo, at Buffalo Trace Trace. tour. Freddie said, "Now this is normally the part where we would sit and watch a movie, but they're filling barrels, so we're going to go do that instead." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was cool, right? And we got to go yeah. in and watch him fill the barrels, drain the barrels. We got to try some of the actual like the stuff that were the sediment that remained at the bottom. Oh, it was really cool. That was, uh, that was pretty neat. Those guys were wacky, man. But yeah, speaking of rabbit holes from last week, Uh we're supposed to be talking about beer. (laughs) Oh yeah. So I, but it makes Uh, me wonder, like, do you think how many smaller, like smaller breweries do you think are actually going to be financially crippled and not be able to come back from this? I, I, I mean, in the last three weeks, I've seen uh, Facebook posts from three regional breweries out here, uh, outside of Cleveland, that said they're not reopening. Oh, just and, in general, sh- just shuttering? Yeah, but the, we also had three open in the last, like, two months. Huh. And I, I think they were um, building up a little bit of a... A clientele by selling what they already had brewed for like grand openings um, and growler fills and stuff, so you could roll up and do it. Um, this also got us into like my local watering hole is just that it's just a local hole in the wall bar that you'd drive right past if you were just passing through town. But uh, they always like to keep at least one big IPA on, and it had been like. Uh, one local IPA, something maybe from Columbus and uh, Columbus Brewing, and uh, they'd have you know Bud Light, Miller Light, Pabst, um, a cider, uh, you know. But now they have Bud Light, either Pabst or High Life, depending on what they can get, and then the rest of it is all local IPAs. Yeah, they have just they have eight handles. Yeah, because it's just the shit they got to get rid of and. The reason we keep bringing well, up IPAs is, with the nature of the IPA, they don't tend to last long before the flavor really starts to dissipate. You get about three months out of an IPA once it's bottled to get full flavor, and then it starts to diminish. Yeah, it doesn't, like, turn rancid or anything, it's just not as good. The bitter the bitter of the hop dies, and then you just get, it just gets sweeter and sweeter the longer it sits. Yeah. And while that doesn't sound awful, it's pretty awful. Right. Well, it it's doesn't sound sweet. awful on paper. Once you try it, you're like, "Yep, this is not how this is supposed to taste." It's a, it's a, yeah, it, it's a sweetness that you don't want. It's not the thing you're looking for in sugary beverages. Yeah. You know, um, I've tried. Like, well, this is a ten percent, or we should probably drink it anyway. Nah, you can't. I mean, oh, I drank a, I drank a sip of like an old Milwaukee from the '80s. Woo! How'd that go for you? 
It was not good. It was really, really syrupy and sweet, but I, I've never pulled a pull tab before. I wanted to do it. Oh, dude, I've and never figured, done that either, actually. I looked in the can. I could see, you know, it was clearish. So I was like, yeah, what the fuck? I'm yeah. Wasn't wasn't uh, wasn't great. We remember a, but, a couple years back when we had that big beer adventure at Treasure Lake, and I brought all those like vintage bottles, and we had stuff from like the eighties, and the one from like seventy five. Oh, the Thomas Hardy's, yeah, yeah, the Thomas Hardy's from like the mid seventies, and it's like the old one tasted kind of soy sauce like, so that one had basically then, passed its prime. The other ones, there was like one from the early seventies, I think one from the eighties, and one from. Like the nineties. Yeah, I think the I think I had one from like eighty seven or eighty eight that was really good. It went yeah, yeah. That one was good. Had a pineapple y kind of thing because of the yeast they used, but on the bottle of a Thomas Hardy it says to sit for at least ten years. Yeah, it's like so, we'll reach its peak, I think they said we'll reach its peak within eighteen to twenty years. Uh I have an O nine sitting right now. Hmm. So Couple years, we'll get there. And that's the thing: some old stuff really takes good to age, and other stuff, yep. not so much. Like we've had some older stouts that have been like mind, like life changing. Oh yeah, yeah. Not ten years, but definitely five, six, seven years. We've had a few. But at some point, you're, you're going to start missing the peak, and it's just going to you're going to start losing all the other flavors. Well, so. that's the thing. Like it continues to improve up to a point, and then it'll plateau, and then it just starts to deteriorate, and then it's like, ah, shit, you missed the missed that window. Right, and, and that you get that really easily with IPAs. They just yeah, their window is very short. You want them as fresh as possible. Well, um, they say with like heady topper, uh, you want that within the first two weeks to get it to get peak um i've had it in the first two weeks and i've had it outside the first two weeks and i didn't notice a difference but yeah i i didn't really either um uh another one like that oh not not just hey oh um lunch from main brewing or main brewery I've, i've i've noticed some differences in those i don't know that they were two weeks apart or anything but i mean they were i've had some that were way tastier than others Oh yeah, it could be batch, but I mean they have quality control. They're they're a big enough brewery to know what they're doing. But how long has it been sitting where I found it? You know. Well, I remember a couple years back, I I went out to Ithaca Brewing for the release of one of their big sours that they don't do anymore. I think it was uh, I think it was the the brute or the, the brute? blue yeah. one of the two. It was the brute. Was it the one you got all the? We we've been trading that. Yeah, yeah, I got a case yeah, of it. Was it. The brute. And now I, I was standing in line, and there was a bunch of other people that I knew, and people were just walking up and down the line with open, with beers and growlers of different things. Like, hey, have some of this. Like, all right. And that's when a guy I know walked by with a growler of heady topper that he had got the day before in Vermont. Oh, yeah. And it's like, it was the first and actual only time I've ever had heady topper, but yeah. it was pretty damn good. Yeah, I got mine on the black market. You know, I one in PA, one in Ohio. Because um, uh, I know for a while, I think, like, some places in Pennsylvania could order it, like, or treat it like it was liquor. Yeah, one. Yeah, and order, like, up to 12 at a time. Um, there was a guy outside of Pittsburgh that was using his wine license to buy wine in Philly. 
Philly has a different distribution, so they they would drive to Philly and get it and bring it back and sell it in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and then uh, the guy that I got it from in Ohio does the same thing. Yeah, there's a, a store here that does the same thing with New York City. They'll send a guy down with a van and just buy a shitload of stuff in New York that doesn't come upstate. Yeah, there's something with a wine license or something the guy was telling me. Well, that's it when was we really start- technical, and I don't remember. That's when we started to get like uh, all the Cascade stuff in. Yeah. And Cascade Those is good cool. if you like sour ales. Everybody like Well, no, not everybody does. Not everybody Most does, but they yeah. should because so, they're, they're quite good. Pardon. Uh, yeah. But sours have been sitting, so we were getting a few sours. But there was beers that I'd never had in this in these bottle dumps they were doing. Like um, Topline Goliath had been sort of new to Ohio, and they were selling pseudo Sioux that they did in conjunction with the Field Museum. I'm not sure why, but it had a T-Rex on the can and shit. And I thought it was awesome. So I'm buying 16-ounce cans of this for a buck and a half. They're like $5 beers. Nice. And, yeah, I, I, that, I would go and fill these bags up, and I would have that to drink for a couple of days while we were doing um, – we would use, like, Discord to do video chats or Facebook Messenger to do video chats with our bar friends and do shots and, you know, be social over the Internet. But – then when we got back out to the bars, uh, like I said, my local guy has eight taps and there was only four beers. Like, where's all your beer? Like, well, during lockdown, they had guy like the bartender and his business partner were able to go um, to a brewery by their house and pick up kegs and bring it up and he could sell it in the bar. Uh, they were running out of beer and the, the rep couldn't get pabst or high life or um you know bud light they they didn't have the kegs so well right because you think about it because all these big massive breweries they're gonna have to shut down because there's so many people in the in the plants yeah so that stuff started to get really limited it's starting to come back a bit but right now um his plan was to keep high life and pabst on but at this point he can only get one or the other. So, like, last week he had High Life. This week the rep's like, I got a keg of Paps. You can have that. Uh, and then that – because they have the, – uh, this guy's not his only account, so they have to spread this shit out. It can't sell everything to one person. Right, yeah. Or then everybody else is screwed. So uh, I'm seeing that now. And that's kind of interesting that, you know, these giant breweries are, feel, are feeling the same crunch that the smaller ones are. Not that they'll, you know – not Take that they're in any financial it, danger, but. but it's just interesting that they're as on they're that they're as affected as everybody else. But the fact that we can't get paps in a keg half the month is kind of you know you take that for granted. Most of the time, you're sitting around drinking a paps, you're not thinking about well shit, this might go away sometime, and it did. So uh, they kicked the high life keg, and we got paps back on today. So. <laughs> You know, it's a good uh, time in the beer industry when you're excited about a keg of high life. I know, right? Uh, just drinking all the we, we, the, hot, the the IPAs rather were so cheap. We were just drinking the hell out of those, and uh, we'd fill growlers of the local IPAs at our local bar when we'd get takeout food, you know, to keep them going through the uh, shutdown. Yeah. So we're drinking all these big, heavy stouts and IPAs that they were able to get um, just constantly, and now it's just, I just want a fucking highlight for a Pabst 
or a cider or something, something refreshing and light. Yeah, something different because IPAs are good, but you can't drink them all the time. I mean, even in a day, you're going to get palate fatigue. When you go on tasting tours, you get palate fatigue, and then everything tastes the same. Even if you're just drinking a Pilsner, all you're picking out is the hops, and it's just kind of blended together and muddy. Yeah. Uh, well, no, that's uh, why when we would do, like, our big tastings, we would drink, like, the real unique stuff first before everything started to blend together. Oh, I mean, yeah. And that was the good thing. That's actually the good thing about, like, the beer industry as an entity is, man, we were able to get a hold of some crazy-ass stuff. And now a lot of places aren't doing that stuff anymore. No, they're not, because uh, they, they just can't afford to. A lot of places are doing more sours, but they're not doing them... I don't want to say not doing them right. They're just not doing them good, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I've had a handful of places like, oh, man, they're making sours now. That's awesome. And then you drink one, and you're like, oh, well, they just wasted a whole bunch of time. Well, and that the the problem with that is, you know, just the the art of making the sour beers. It takes a while. Yeah, like these aren't ones you can churn out in under a month like you can with like a pilsner or an IPA. Man, sours need to sit for months at a time. And some of those things, some of those beers, you're putting stuff in that sour that you don't want in any other beer. Yeah. So you got to make sure that where you're doing it is isolated, and that you don't need to put anything in that equipment for a minute because you got to make sure you've gotten all of the bretomyces out of it or uh whatever else you're using to sour the beer you know yeah uh well i think that the big ones uh the the britannomyces and what lactobacillus yeah 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 it's the good bacteria which is what causes it to be sour right and there and we have both had uh beers where there's a difference between good sour and bad sour I mean, if you leave a past open on your dining room table, it'll fucking sour, but it ain't good. <laughs> yeah. It's tart. It's tart, but not not in the way you want it to be. Yeah, I mean, ugh, ugh. Uh, and, it'll make you, and it'll make you sick. Yeah, there's that too, because it's bad bacteria. Whereas the sour beers is purposeful bacteria put in a controlled environment, which makes it taste amazing. I just thought about the time I did that, and it's making me, like, gag a little bit. <laughs> oh, it's it was like ten years ago, and it's still so fresh in my mind oh. that I drank that rotten paps that just just sitting next to my fresh one. Dude, uh, the the uh, the worst paps one I ever had. Uh, one time, I, years ago, I went back to Pittsburgh and I brought back um, a thirty rack of paps ice. Oh, man, that that, had been a minute ago. Yeah, that was a while ago. And I I had it in the fridge for, like, a week, and it still tasted hot. (laughs) And I'm like, this is fucking sorcery. Like, literally, I'm drinking, and it's like, it tastes hot, but it's been in the fridge for over a week. Oh, what was that malt liquor tasted the same, warm or cold? Laser. Oh, God, laser. laser. Did we have, like, a big malt liquor night or something? I think laser. It was either laser or hurricane. One of those. It didn't matter if it was warm or cold. It tasted exactly the same. I want to say it was laser. It, laser was definitely one of that. Silver thunder was one for me that was just. Ran- I didn't get that one. Rancid. Re- oh man, we would get some crazy ass malt liquors up here, like Big Bear. I don't. I don't see those good ones anymore. We get the basics. Yeah, old English. I don't even get Country Club. 
I can't even find Country Club anymore. That was my go-to. Oh, man, Country Club was a great malt liquor. Uh, one time I was playing Magic the Gathering with my buddy Jason. We were drinking 40s, and I, it was my turn. I was thinking about what I was doing, and uh, while I'm thinking, I reach across my body and open my 40, and then I went to make a play, and I catch this fucking stink. I'm like, I'm just like, you fucking asshole. I'm trying to think, and you're farting on me. He's like, I didn't fart on you. And then I, he looked at my, looked at me, looked at my forty. I'm like, oh yeah, I just opened a country club. I farted on myself without even thinking about it. Like my forty farted in my face and confused <laughs> me, and I didn't know what I was doing. I lost train of thought, and I misplayed the turn, and I lost the game all because I, 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 I could have waited. I didn't even drink the forty until I made my turn, but for some reason I thought maybe I should open it right now. Yeah, you know. gotta let it. De- you got to decant the 40, right? Right. I, I mean, over, actually, over quarantine, I didn't even buy one single 40. I was drinking those dollar IPAs and, and growlers. Plus, I I could count on the on one hand the number of times I think I've ever filled a growler. Um, just taken a growler and had it filled. I had probably five or six that I'd bought in travels to bring beer home. Yeah. Uh, now I have like 15 growlers. Because everybody was making me fill growlers, so or making me take growlers to get f- fills in uh, quarantine. So um, now I have all these growlers, and I'm thinking more like maybe I should take a growler. Maybe instead of having ten beers while I'm down there, I'll have a couple beers and my chicken wings, and then take a growler home and get drunker there. You know? Hey, nothing wrong with that. I never think about it. You know what I'm saying? No one ever did. It's a water. It's a local. Hole in a wall bar. Yeah. No one ever thought, hey, let's throw a growler here. Well, that's the thing. A lot so, of places a lot of places you go to, you don't really think about it as like a growler fill place. Right. You know, like the the weirdest one I saw was the first time a couple years back when I was driving around up here and I saw fucking gas stations doing growler fills. They put that that was popular here for a minute. Not no they're not really doing it anymore. No, they um, they um they've definitely got rid of that because that was just a massive liability but even small even small like beer stores would put like two taps in by the register nobody's doing anything so that's weird how this is going to change a whole hell of a lot about pretty much everything especially beer right what was the other there was another bit about like a growler fill uh yeah my local guy didn't even he's like i've had a distribute uh, uh to go license i never thought to use it like you're telling me this whole fucking time we could have been doing this, but now Ohio also changed the rules um, when bars were allowed or when restaurants were allowed to sell to go food. They passed like a an emergency rule that you could take uh, two mixed drinks per food order huh. home with you, so you could get to go cocktails or beers. And now that it's over and you're allowed in bars for now, um, they're making it permanent. Plus, they're making, they're letting bars open, and this all came out of to let businesses kind of work more and get back on track. They're making permanent the rules for to go and increasing it to the point where I could buy a bottle of shots and take it home. You're gonna have to pay bar prices, but you know uh, they're letting bars all open till four. They're letting uh, here you have to have a Sunday liquor license in addition to your normal license. To sell liquor on Sundays, it's beer and wine only with your normal license. They're doing away with that, so you can be open Sundays um, without the extra fee. 
Uh, they're they're really they're overhauling how liquor is sold in this state to try and help restaurants and small businesses keep going and the looking into the future of if we do have to shut down again they won't have to go through passing another temporary amendment to get to go drinks okay so now it'll just always be there and bars will have a little bit more of an option so uh that's cool I like that. That that's actually really cool, and I've never heard of the concept of to-go cocktails in a place I don't outside see the of Las for Vegas it. or New Orleans. We didn't we didn't do it because it's just cheaper to make it at home anyhow. Like if if you're just like, hey, give me two Jack and Cokes and a cheeseburger, you know that's kind of you're gonna pay what three fifty four bucks oh, for that, and then and then you go home just with a bottle of cola and a well whiskey bottle. You make fifty of them. You know what I mean? Imperial. Yeah, Imperial and RC Cola. That's gonna cost you about thirty-five cents to make it. So, and it'll be the worst thirty-five cents you ever spent. Well, yeah, but uh, that was the thing too. When we were doing those group phone calls or uh, video chats, you know, uh, as we're all sitting around the bar anyway, we're like, "Hey, shots! Like, you want to do shots? Let's do shots!" And then someone has to buy a round. We just kept a bottle of Old Crow between the wife and I, and shot glasses in front of the uh, in front of the laptop and. Uh, and someone said shots, we just all pour shots, hold them up to the camera, and drink. And that didn't cost us, what, a, a, a 175 Old Crow in Ohio is 22 bucks. Yeah, so, and basically, yeah. after about six shots, you've already paid for it. Yeah, and, uh, well, the one, we're stupid, and we'd get drunk. And, uh, the heat in my house is through the, is radiant through the floor, so we'd sit the bottle on the floor. Oops. And then we'd have to drink heated fucking well whiskey <laughs> dude and the only thing worse than well whiskey is hot well whiskey yeah you look that you pick up the bottle for the first shot of the day like why is there condensation on the bottle oh the furnace kicked on last night so it's like uh yeah it's so fun oh so fun but yeah we would we would end up getting super hammered and no one had to drive home no one's dropping half a paycheck well, that's the best part night. of it because you're still block. you're having that camaraderie. Because I can use big fancy words, the camaraderie. Plus, you're drinking, you're at home. The bathrooms are nicer, the music's better. Yeah, we were at, we were able to. <laughs> everybody coming out of this was everyone I I hang out with actually came out okay because we weren't going out. We were just drinking cheap like that. We were able to save money. Um, our unemployment was hitting, and we weren't at the bar spending it. Right. Like idiots, like we did three, four days a week. So, um, and even now that we're allowed to go to the bar, uh, we might go once a week when we drive by and the lot's empty. But, you know, still, who wants to run that risk? And I'm not going one way or another. You can believe what you want. Uh, well, exactly. You know, the I'm thing not, is, is like, putting, I would just rather not take the risk. Yeah. I, and I'm not putting everybody else in danger because i feel like drinking in public you know what i mean i just go sit on my porch well exactly do some porch drinking do some yard drinking but yeah i mean as of right now especially with the spikes lately it's just it just doesn't seem like it's as worth the risk as it used to be no uh, i mean just thinking about the things we would do in the bar i mean fired up on people and shaking hands high fives you know, hugging people before they leave the bar all at one time, like, how, what, that's never going to happen again. People are just going to be too 
afraid of what's going on to do any of that sort of thing. Uh, I think uh, my in-laws popped in randomly a couple weeks ago and um, uh, he was, they were about to leave and my father-in-law without thinking just kind of reached out and I shook his hand. And after we did that, it was like the hell, like that was the first hand I'd shaken in four months. You know what I mean? It was weird. Like, yeah, because even though you don't do it, all right, Ed, I'll see you next time. And it was just boom. Like, yeah, it's still just a natural uh, reaction. Like when somebody puts out their hand to you, you shake it. Right. Yeah. And, and and there's, Uh, there's, that's the thing. And like, it's just the human condition. There's no way really around it. Right. You know, it's just a natural goodbye thing for two, for two people. It's like, you know, have a handshake, have a hug. It had been four months, but it was still something that you've been doing your whole life. So it was just like, all right, buddy, yeah, see you next time. And like, oh, geez. And, and then we had well, sanitizer or whatever. We were in my on my front porch, so it wasn't like, huh. you know, looking our and fingers. That's, and hands, that's so. the thing. Like, now everything that we've been doing so naturally for our entire lives is now put into question as to whether or not we should continue to do it. Yeah. And like we discussed in the in the movie episodes... Um, movies are going to be weird. It's going to affect how people interact in film, uh, out in bars, and, and that that's all affecting beer too. People may not need as much. They're not going to be in bars as much, right? You because know? now they're realizing that you can go to a liquor store, get a bottle for cheaper without. I mean, they've always kind of known, but there was still something about going out to the bar. But now things are that have changed that drastically, right? That I think now, just through that, there's going to be a boom in liquor stores, beer stores, and probably cartoons like we discussed in the... Did we discuss it on air in the movie thing, or was that off air? I want to say we did it on one of those episodes on air. Yeah, because, you know, you can record voiceover from your house. Yeah, yeah, Oh, that was definitely on air, because we were joking about how every fucking human in there brother has a podcast these days that's right you ain't kidding man i know so uh, yeah it's gonna it's really gonna change how we ingest alcohol yeah and it does um, and it does make you wonder about the future of the bar as a whole uh like not a, not yeah, not like a restaurant a, but just like a bar like a watering hole yeah to a point i mean people are still gonna be dumb about this and go anyway um there's been nights where we've hit the local spot and uh, there have just been too many people that for them to even, like, hey, you can't sit there, you can't do this. And it, it got a little out of hand, but that's the kind of spot where shit goes in waves. You know, you'll see people getting off of work to pop in for two beers. Yeah. Uh, so if you go in later in the day, it's, you know, you get there at 8.30, there's nobody. Um, uh, or there's just us regulars and there's enough room at the bar for the six of us to sit there. Um, and be moved around, but every time someone gets up, bartenders around the bar, they wipe it down, wipe the seat down, you know, around the edge. They go do the doorknobs to the, you know, coming in and out, which looks tiring when there's a, a bunch of people in and out. Well, it's got, it's got to be exhausting. People going in and out to smoke, uh, people leaving, people coming in. Uh, every time someone touches that door, he's around the thing. Uh, so. You know, you got, you got to be patient with these people, too. Well, and that's the thing. You can't really leave the door open because, like, if somebody walks by and starts fucking coughing, it's just going to travel right in. 
Uh, yeah, and it's been sweltering. Usually in the springtime, we missed the whole door open season. Uh, there's two doors, one on, there's like uh, around the corner of the bar, like there's one on the front, one on the side. Uh, he'll bungee those open so you get a breeze through the bar and it's nice. But we're we're totally out of that season right now. It's hot. Yeah. Um, everybody wants air conditioning, so. Because well, air conditioning um, is a gift from the gods. By the time we were allowed in, they were already on air conditioning season, so. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing, too. Like, I don't have air conditioning at home. So on, like, really, really bad hot days, uh, instead of sitting in the bedroom where we don't have a television, we would go to the bar where it was air conditioned until it was time to go to bed. And then we'd go into our air conditioned bedroom or um, they're right across the road from our power grid on a separate power grid. So if we lose power, we could go to the bar and watch TV and be in air conditioning. And, you know, that might not be a thing because it, it would get crowded because everybody on that side of town would end up in the bars on the other side of town. Well, and, that, and that's a thing that also, you know, when we were, when I would live in a place without air conditioning, if it got really hot, we would go see if like a two hour long movie just to get two hours of air conditioning or, yeah, you know, go to the mall and just walk around because it was air conditioned. But now, you know, malls, I don't think are going to come back. Movie theaters. I don't know. They're going to be questionable. Movie theaters here are opening today. Well, they, um, uh, with New York, they did the, we entered, I guess, stage four, a couple Fridays ago, which stage four was supposed to include movie theaters and malls, but then they announced, no, movie theaters and malls are not part of stage four. So it doesn't look oh. like movie theaters up here are going to be opening anytime soon. We also, within 20 miles of my house, we have four drive-ins, and you can't get tickets. They're sold out through July. Well, uh, there aren't many drive-ins here anymore, but do you remember when you came up here to help me and Rob do that job out in Buffalo, and we were coming back, and there's that big drive-in theater, and the line to get in there was like a mile long? Yeah, yeah. And that was well before all this shit happened, so they've got to be doing just, gangbusters right, right now. Right, um, and, and they're not even playing good movies. Um, like My Spy is the feature new film, but they're playing it with Knives Out, so I guess people are going to see Knives Out. Um, and then one of the, the biggest theater around that's right outside of Cleveland did a Harry Potter marathon for five days, uh, two movies a day. And they played those um, Fantastic Beast movies in the middle. Um, and you, I, my wife wanted to go, and we couldn't even get tickets to that. Nothing. So people are going to see movies just to get out of the house and see that shit. On a, they're, they're willing to see My Spy just to get out of the house but um starting today cinemark well, we did discuss in a previous one cinemark's doing uh five dollar older movies and they block when you buy seats they block off two seats on either side or i was just gonna ask how are they doing that it's like you know is it a reserve thing and then they just block it off yeah well because i live in an actual city uh we have really fancy movie theaters it might not have made it to rochester yet but burn Oh, but uh, burn I mean, it is Cleveland, so it is what it is. But um, all the t uh, Cinemark theaters have like big electric recliners. There's, yeah, there's no a, normal seats. Yeah, there's a, a couple theaters out here like that. They've got the recliners, and you got to make you got to reserve your seat. 
Right. So when you reserve a seat, say I need three seats, I can get three seats together. And then as soon as I hit enter, it blocks off a seat on either side of my three seats. So another group can't sit directly next to me. So basically, so, well, yeah, so basically buying those three seats kills an entire, it kills half of a row. Right. So you're still going to get some distance and they made masks mandatory. So um, there's that. I still don't see myself going to the movies um, like, the, you know, for a minute, but especially since you get anything new, at some point you're going to be able to pay for it on Prime or Apple TV. Right, exactly. You know, and and now they're, all, demand, whatever. Like all, they're yeah. all doing that on-demand stuff now. And uh, you just get a, you know, I have a pretty big TV, so I have a really big TV. So it's like watching a movie in my house anyway, and I can drink the beer I had already paid for so back to that as well. You're still saving money on beers if you already bought. Well, exactly, and, and you know. it's amazing how when you actually think about it, how much of daily societal life is actually tied to beer. Um, yeah, I have a friend who, even just drinking, um, I have a friend who uh, quit drinking. Uh, she's a stand-up comedian, and through just being in comedy clubs and traveling, uh, was drinking too much decided to quit and uh, every time we go to hang out with her it's like well, what do you want to do like well we could go well no that's a bar we could do nuts no, uh that's basically a bar too like what do you do what do, uh, like i don't i don't we're not it's not like we're gonna go bowling and not have beers it's not like we're gonna go mini golf you have, you have a place you can mini golf out there what i said you have a mini golf place out there tons of them we're basically the midwest that's true. That's that's a pro sport in this area, man. <laughs> People oh. are on the tour. Uh, yeah, there's a bunch of them, but you know, it, it's it, it's just remarkable that you can make you can turn anything into drinking. Oh God, yeah. Uh, you remember the old? Here's a good uh, tie-in between beer and TV. You remember the Japanese version of Iron Chef? Yeah. And how on the internet you could actually find Iron Chef drinking rules. Mm-hmm. Like every time he would say Fukui-san, take a drink. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like whenever Ota would bu- would bust in, like Fukui-san, go ahead, Ota. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the voiceover was great. I I don't know how many people have actually watched that show, but it is one of the greatest things ever. Well, like when Food TV first came on, man, that was that was the way. Um, when I first got cable back. Oh shit! That was probably ninety-eight or so um, in my own apartment. My girlfriend at the time's mother didn't get the cooking channel, so we had to record Emerald all week. Uh, and then on like on like Saturday morning, she would go to, to her mother's house and watch Emerald with her mother all day. And I just went and played with the fellas uh, while you know she would watch fucking six hours of Emerald. Bam. I'd, Go hang out with my buddies, you know, be an idiot. And, yeah. Uh, then we had to read, you know, all week. I would watch them all week because, shit, everybody watched Emerald when he was on Food oh Network my God, back yeah. in the day. So. Everybody watched Emerald, but fucking... Everything was a drinking game, too. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, you could, even if you get a movie, you could turn it into a drinking game. We did that with this ridiculous Japanese movie called The Story of Ricky. Like, we turned it into a drinking game, like, Drink for Gratuitous Violence, of which there was a lot because it was a Japanese horror movie. 
Right. And then drink for for bad dubbing because that's the only way we could get it was dubbed. So, like, instead of... The one line I always remember because it always made you laugh as you were drinking, he wanted to say since he was seven years old, but the translation was since I was three and four years old. (laughs) It's like, what the hell are you talking about? Well, I could drink. And I think there might be a whole new rash of just people drinking at home to watch movies now because like to, to go to wrap all the way back around movie theaters are going to be a lot different now bars are going to be a lot different now it's just a hell of a lot safer and now people are realizing with the safer thing that it's a hell of a lot cheaper to drink at home well and with with uh bars in like arizona texas pennsylvania shutting down again um it's good that we all figured this shit out you know, beforehand. So when we get locked down again, which the way people have been behaving is going to happen, even in Ohio where we have done pretty well. Um, we've been open since May 1st. And, I mean, we're going up a little bit because people are stupid. It's mostly because there's like a beach resort on Lake Erie called Putin bay um, People up there are just being stupid. Um and then going back out through the state again. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, at least we have a a, a system in place, so well, we can go buy some booze and beers and just sit and exactly. chat with our buddies on YouTube on uh, Facebook. Um, I mean, if you're if you're actually looking for a sort of show to turn into a drinking game, have you seen the new cartoon version of Harley Quinn? No. It is ridiculously hilarious. Who does? Is it this Tara Strong still doing Harley Quinn? No, it's um, uh, Kaylee Cuoco is Harley Quinn. I can dig it. Uh, she She's doing the voice of Harley Quinn. Uh, <coughs> Lake Bell is the voice of Poison Ivy. Uh, Alan, I, I never pronounce his name right. Alan Tudyk? Tudyk? Tudyk. Yeah, he does a shitload of voices. He does the Joker. Woo! Um, you don't. Oh man, you don't realize there's a cut on your hand and you dump rubbing alcohol on them because you don't have any hand sanitizer handy. Woo! Well, that was the one time I realized when I went to a store that they weren't oh. actually using hand sanitizer because I had an open cut on my hand and I put it on there and it didn't burn. Yeah. So when uh, that this, happened, I just like, dumped ninety percent rubbing alcohol on my hands. Yeah. And. Uh, uh, I got cut by a tree branch yesterday. Didn't realize it was there until just now. Oh. Hello. So anyway, Alan Tudyk does who? Uh, he does he does the Joker. He does... Oh, God, I'm going to have to look it up. Hang on a minute. Vamp for a minute. I'm I love look Alan it up. Tudyk. I love Alan Tudyk. He was Steve the Pirate in Dodgeball. Yeah, Wash in uh, Firefly. Yeah, I didn't watch that, but I've seen that. Um, and he was... Uh, uh, Bruce Wayne's cousin in uh, what the hell was that? Un- Unpowered? No. Oh, I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember the damn name of it. Powerless. Yeah. Well, he was so good. That that show was funny. That that was a travesty. That guy can't All right, you got. Uh, he plays. He does Clayface, the Joker, Calendar Man, Doctor Trap, and the Condiment King. Uh, so basically, who, he's the Joker. What's that? 
So basically, he's the Joker. Yeah, basically. Although Clayface has a huge role in the show, and the oh, best man. and the best part of it is, they made Bane talk like people making fun of Bane. You know, with the voice like this. Oh, that's that, good. That's how Bane talks, and he's basically the Legion of Doom's bitch. Ah. It is ridiculously funny. It is insanely violent. The language is out of control. I'm still trying to get through Clone Wars. Oh. We're still working on that. (laughs) No, this one is just... It's goddamn phenomenal. Like, Commissioner Gordon is like a drunk who's trying to save his marriage... And he thinks Batman is his friend, and he shines the bat signal, so Batman comes so he can just talk to him about his failing marriage. <laughs> oh God! And who, uh, it's actually Christopher Maloney is the commissioner, and Diedrich Bader plays Batman, and he does a hell of a job as Batman. Oh, nice! You could easily turn that one into a drinking game to bring it back to the original topic. Look at us, seamless. Yep. Seamless and even more awesome. Even more awesome, right? Too true. Or something like that. Oh yeah. Well, there probably you go. More something like that. What's up? So probably more um, along the lines of something like that, but yeah, yeah. Well, that's how we roll. Nor there. But there you so, go. So that is episode one of whatever the hell I want to call this, the uh, beer talk or booze talk or whatever we're gonna do. We'll. Uh, I yeah. got an idea for future episodes. We could talk. Uh, Actually, like, booze trips, different drinks. We could do a whole... I'm thinking at some point we should do a whole hour just on cocktails. Yeah, we did. Uh, we, the quarantine put us into the cocktail mixing again because you had the free time. Why not make a fancy drink? Right, exactly. So we could do a whole episode just on cocktails. Uh, yeah, there's a website called... Or not a web... Well, he does have a website with all his recipes, but a YouTube channel called... Uh, Cocktail chemistry. Oh, I know that guy. He's good. Yeah, he's pretty funny, and the drinks are pretty remarkable. Plus, we went through that phase a few years ago when we would buy all those cocktail recipe books. Uh, yeah, and equipment. Like, he uses a Lewis bag every once in a while, and you have one, and I've never seen you use it. So. <laughs> it's, it's, it's true, but, you know, now's the time for busting out all the uh, accoutrement. As it were. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you want to leave the listeners with this week? Drink beer when you can. Be nice to bartenders. They're doing their best. Exactly, man. Tip your bartender because they're working in an environment that they probably don't want to be working in right now. Yeah. If you don't wear a mask, I mean, you're a jerk, but don't yell at someone who tells you to put one on. Just go somewhere else, man. It's yeah. not that big a deal. Exactly. And I think... We can all we can sum up the entirety of life is just don't be mean. Yeah. But people seem to have a problem with that. Anyways, I guess that'll wrap it up for me and Opie. We will see you next time for some more random adventures and hell, probably some more bar talk in the future. Thanks, bud. All right, no problem. All right, man, I'll talk to you. All right, see ya.